Hello, and welcome everyone to KSQD Santa Cruz at 90.7 FM. I'm Patrick Hart, and you're listening to our show, What To Be, where we interview inspiring people and highlight their careers. What To Be is a program provided by Your Future Is Our Business, a Santa Cruz County nonprofit that helps students explore careers through programs such as college and career expos, panels, and other work-based learning activities. Please note that the views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily represent or reflect those of Natural Bridges Media or Your Future Is Our Business. The information provided during this program does not reflect its career in its entirety. And today I have the pleasure to speak to Tyson Wiles, attorney at law. Hi, Tyson. Hello. Hey, thank you very much for taking the time to help us do this interview. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. Right on. Tyson, do you mind briefly describing your career journey for us? I'd be happy to give it a go. Uh, let's see. I, I come from a family of attorneys. My grandfather was an attorney. Uh, my father is an attorney. And I remember growing up as a young child and my father was involved in everything I did in my life from, you know, coaching sports teams and never really brought work home. And I always would ask, I, I never knew what being a lawyer was like. I'd say, well, what's it like being a lawyer? And my father would always say the same thing that his father said, which was, well, it, it beats working. And I, said, <laughs> I, I always thought that was kind of funny, but I never really knew much about what, what is a lawyer? I mean, it's kind of this, I don't know, is it not a secret society, but I just had no experience or exposure to it. And growing up, I wanted to be a professional skateboarder. And then I wanted to be a professional surfer or a professional soccer player, you know, and I was good at those sports, but those dreams die hard. I was always told in my family that you want to use your mind um, because you don't rely on your body for work. And, you know, if something you get injured, then you always got a career where you can use your brain. You can do it later in life. I was a good student in school. I uh, always got good grades. I uh, didn't have an issue with school, but didn't like love school. I uh, was more of a math guy. I thought I was going to be an electrical engineer uh, until I took some calculus classes at UCSC where I couldn't understand the professor and TAs couldn't help me. And then I quickly changed to a uh, business management economics after college, my family was supportive of me and they said, well, you know, congratulations on finishing college and welcome to the real world. Go get a job. Uh, they said, if you don't want to get a job yet, you want to continue working towards a higher education, we'll help you in terms of whatever, a place to stay or work with you as opposed to kind of kicking you out and, and telling you to, you know, figure out life. And I kind of took that as an, a, a, maybe an excuse or an avenue to kind of keep continue school. So uh, I decided on law school, um, still not really knowing a lot about what an attorney does. And in law school is where I really found, I wouldn't say a passion or a calling, but I was, it was the most interesting school I'd ever done. Law school is kind of like history. And um, you just review old cases uh, decided by really smart people. And it, it was just fascinating. It was almost every subject I really liked. I had a great class at Monterey College of Law. And it was a night school. And I just, I, I, it's hard to put it into words. I didn't really love history, but listen to the people reason these cases and listen to, you know, judges write these opinions. Uh, it became, I became absolutely fascinated with it. And during law school, I did a couple internships for a family law lawyer uh, and someone else. Those, those are, were interesting experiences. And uh, I guess that's the best way to describe my my path or my career path. I hope I didn't miss anything for you. No, that sounds great. And it sounds like, you know, when you started taking law classes, you felt a calling towards towards it. Is that fair? Yeah, well, kind of. I really, the cool thing about 
the, the legal field is whatever you're interested in, you can practice law in that area, right? If you like, you know, the judicial system in terms of law enforcement, I mean, you can be a district attorney. If you want to do the other side, you could be a criminal defense lawyer. If you like sports, you could be a, you know, a, a contract lawyer or a sports agent that represents people in, in those things. You can work in real property. You can work in intellectual property. You can work with wills and trusts, estate plannings. There's conservatorships of minors, whatever kind of you like. There's an area of the law that you could most likely practice in that will pique your interest if that's what you're into. And law school is an interesting experience because they I think the California bar had 14 subjects um, that were potentially testable and, you know, but you never know what you're going to get. And then when you finally get through law school, everyone, you're not a, you're not a jack of all trades. You've got to pick something and kind of focus and be a specialist, so to speak. And, you know, of all the law school classes I did in four years, I practiced uh, civil litigation and I'm probably using, you know, one sixteenth of what I learned in law school on a daily basis. You know, the area that I focused on has nothing to do with really, I'm getting too deep here, but. Yeah, um, but it gave you like a foundation. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's a prerequisite. It's required. You have to learn everything and understand it from, you know, 50,000 feet before you can kind of dive in and focus. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So did you say it was an additional four years after your four years at UCSC in law school? It, so it was my program. I chose to do um, night school. I went to Monterey College of Law and it was uh, four uh, or five nights a week from six to 9 p.m. as opposed to, uh, I believe most law schools, if you're doing full time during the day, you, you can get done in three years. Uh, but my program was four years. Yes. Okay. And what are your, you know, day to day, what are your duties and responsibilities? And I can see how maybe that changed a little bit over the past year. You know, I'm not sure how often you might go to the courthouse, but maybe some of those cases weren't happening like in person. Well, to start with your first question, duties and responsibilities. After passing the bar exam, I I worked for the public defender's office and I was in department two at the Santa Cruz County Superior Court. And I was there every single day doing the morning misdemeanor calendar. It was mostly, you know, petty theft offenses, DUI, you know, minor assault stuff, um, probation violations. Uh, And I was in court every single morning from the morning calendar started at eight until we got done, usually somewhere between 1030 and 1130. I did that for about nine months. Uh, It was a great experience and great exposure and got a lot of face time in front of the courts, but it wasn't kind of what I thought it would be. And, you know, you don't get people to confess on the witness stand like you see on TV. So I, in addition to doing that was a a paralegal and clerking for my father's practice during law school and while I was working at the public defender's office. And then I became an attorney here at, it was law office of Brad Wiles at the time. And we focus on personal injury and more specifically auto and auto related injury accidents. And so my job for the past 11 years is we represent injured parties in automobile-related accidents, automobile versus automobile, automobile versus pedestrian, automobile versus bicycle accidents. And what we do generally is we present, pursue, and facilitate a claim against a responsible party and buy and through their insurance carrier. And so all 90% of my interactions on a day-to-day basis are with responsible insurance carriers. My clients help my clients insurance carrier, health insurance companies, and subrogation agents for health insurance companies. It's a lot, it's a lot of phone work, uh, a lot of phone calls, a lot of letter writing. When claims 
are unable to be resolved informally, then there is court involvement where I'll file a lawsuit and start, you know, taking depositions and hiring medical experts and accident reconstructionists to give my client their day in court if we can't get fair treatment by way of an insurance company. So maybe that somewhat answers your day-to-day question. Okay. Yeah. And are you able to work from home or are you primarily working from the office or how much time do you spend in the courthouse, if any? So basically, what kind of environments do you work in? Uh, That's a good question. On a personal level, I'm unable to work from home because at home I get distracted and it's difficult for me to focus. Uh, We have an office on Ocean Street walking distance to the courthouse. And so I do all of my work here. I don't um, have you know, business cell phones and I walk into the office door and I'm on. And when I walk out, I'm off work. So I try not to bring work home with me, similar to my upbringing and my father never did. So it's a, it's a way I kind of balance. Pre-pandemic, it was a, a lot more in-person meetings. I mean, we get to know each one of our clients, everyone I work for, I'm on their team, I'm in their corner and I like the people I work for. I like seeing them. I like meeting them, interacting with them. And I got an open door policy and you're welcome to come by and check in announced or unannounced. You know, uh, we're usually here. Pre-pandemic, I was, I would say, I don't do tons of court work. You know, I was in the court a couple times a month, most of the time just for hearings and mediations or, you know, some type of motion work. But I've only got to do a couple trials in my career. 99% of things will resolve at some point. A lot of times we have to call insurance carriers bluffs and file suit and go through the motions for our client. But when an insurance company sees the writing on the wall and they see what they're, you know, going to get killed, like I said, 99 times out of 100, they're going to cave in and pay our demand prior than getting a a bigger judgment. Yeah, because it turns into maybe just more of a hassle for them. You know, it's easier for them just to settle. Insurance companies are, I love my job because I get to fight with insurance companies every day of my life. It doesn't matter what company, Farmers, Geico, AAA, State Farm, the General, I mean, you name it, I fight with them. Insurance companies love to take your premiums. They hate to pay out. That's so true. (laughs) Maximizing shareholder value and they're trying to just give people cents on the dollar. And it feels personal when they're attacking you, but I tell my clients, this company is not picking on you personally. This is what they do Monday through Friday, eight to five every day. So, uh, and I really enjoy fighting with them and holding their feet to the fire and not caving in and, you know, doing right by my client and making sure that they get a fair shake. So at the end of the day, I really enjoy that part of my job. Yeah. And how unfortunate too, you know, when people pay a lot of money for their their premium for their insurance and then relying on that to be there for them in their time of need. And then to, like you said, getting, having them kind of take the, the cheap skate route on you. It doesn't, it, it feels very personal. So it's hard maybe to not take it personally sometimes. True. The setting I work in slightly different because I'm making a claim against someone who caused an accident and the person who caused the accident really wants to like compensate my client, whatever my client wants, but mm-hmm. the person who caused it doesn't have any say. Their insurance company is steering the ship. And most of the time when I depose the responsible driver, they're angry as heck at their insurance company for forcing them to have their deposition taken and forcing them to be a defendant in trial when they could do the right thing and settle the case for our ask. Hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And Tyson, what kind of skills do you use in your career? And I know you said before that you're maybe using one sixteenth of what you learned in school. So is it more on the job learning and what you're actually doing day to day? 
Well, when I said 116th, maybe I should clarify that. You learned constitutional law, legal writing, torts, criminal law, criminal procedure. Uh, I'm missing, you know, wills and trusts, estate planning. There's so many different topics in law school. Mm-hmm. And the one that is called torts, which is an unintentional harm or a civil wrong, is what I do. And, and so I'm def- dealing with negligence and the breach of a duty that someone owes to another person in society that causes damages. And so that's where I got the 116 thing. I'm sure that I use much more of the uh, education I learned in law school on a daily basis than I'd probably just take it for granted. The skills required here, I mean, you have to be, uh, first of all, organized because of, you know, I probably carry anywhere from 40 to 75 cases at, at a time. You don't work on every one every day or every week, but you definitely have to be organized and have a good system for tracking dates and calendaring. You have to be compassionate and uh, empathetic. And a lot of people oftentimes just kind of want someone to hear them. You know, I'm, I'm surely not a counselor. I'm not qualified to hold myself out in any way, shape or form as a therapist, but a lot of people just want someone to listen to them for a little bit, which, uh, you know, unfortunately, fortunately, or unfortunately, I have to do sometimes, sometimes for clients, sometimes for people that are non-clients. You have to be aggressive could be the word at times. You have to be diligent. Uh, you have to be able to hold your ground and not be taken advantage of. A big thing is every time I represent somebody, every insurance company is familiar with my office or when they put our office in, we come up in their database and they know based on our combined, you know, 52 years of practice, whether we are a pushover firm or not, you know, and if you, some firms don't like litigation, they don't file lawsuits and they'll go as far as they can, but then they won't litigate a case. And that shows up in their system. They'll say, wow, this person hasn't filed a lawsuit in 15 years. And I don't think they're going to file one now. So I'm going to make them a bad offer. And that's not our reputation at all. I mean, we're nice guys. We're polite. Santa Cruz locals, but if someone's not giving my client a fair shake, I got no problem taking it to the next step and getting it out of the insurance company's hand and letting 12 members of our community decide what my client's injury is worth and not take it from some insurance agent. Okay. Yeah, that's great. And I would imagine that it's probably pretty helpful to have your dad on your team with you, right? It's been very, I've been very, very fortunate to have yeah. a, a good mentor, someone that is well-respected in the community. You know, I have a lot of, he knows lots and lots of people. I haven't come across anyone that has something real negative or mean to say about him. So I'm very fortunate in that regard. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And for those who are just tuning in, you're listening to the What To Be Show on KSQD Santa Cruz, 90.7 FM. I'm Patrick Hart, and I'm speaking to Tyson Wiles, who's an attorney at law. Tyson, do you mind sharing some of your favorite cases that you've worked on or are currently working on? If you can speak about them, I'm not sure how that works. Fair. Obviously, I'll leave any names, and I, I, I you know, I'm a very ethical lawyer. Uh, there's a lot of confidentiality um, and, and and stuff. I, I'm I'm not at, at liberty to discuss. I've got some very interesting. I've done some interesting cases in my career for sure. I've done some very serious, unfortunate burn cases on some, you know, younger women that resulted from an unpermitted outdoor fire pit that was inherently dangerous that had some good results. I had a, a, a very challenging case uh, against a taxi cab company who ran a red light T-boning my client. She had multiple surgeries and disc replacements to in her cervical area and um, another fusion in her lumbar spine. 
and there was dash cam footage of this by the cab company who wouldn't disclose it or wouldn't produce it. Uh, they had a large insurance policy and they offered three cents on the dollar. And we went to trial on the case and at the 11th hour they produced the video and they didn't want us to show it because they admitted fault. And the judge said, no, you didn't give it to these people who'd been, this lawyer who'd been asking for it for two and a half years. I'm going to allow them to show it. And, um, you know, then at the eve of trial, they wanted to offer half of their policy. I said, no, I wanted their whole policy. Um, and they said no. And so we went to trial and, uh, the jury came back with two times their policy and the, the, um, cab company ended up paying, you know, they could have paid their, their, their policy and, and got out for with the, the limits. And they ended up, you know, getting what's called an excess judgment where they had to pay in and out of their own personal pocket, the similar amount of their policy limit. And that was a, a huge victory for, for me and my firm and for my client, most, most importantly for my client. Oh, yeah. Well, nice job there. And is it tough, you know, growing up in Santa Cruz and maybe representing people that you know on a personal level? You know, I, I don't believe it's tough for me. I'm, what happens more often than that is I have a conflict of interest when yeah, I, think that's what I know and grew up with is the responsible party in an accident. And then I have to tell my client most of the time, hey, I, unfortunately, I know this person and it's not a case I can pursue on your behalf, not because you're not a great person or not because you don't have a great case, but I have a conflict of interest and in that I may know something about the defendant that would make it an unfair advantage. Hmm. Um, most of the time, simply knowing someone or being an acquaintance you know, or someone that I see at a different high school or in youth sports doesn't preclude me from rep representing someone. And, and my practice revolves around fighting with insurance companies, whether it's an auto policy, a homeowner's policy, an umbrella policy. It's a small town, Santa Cruz. I don't sue people personally and lien their home or garnish wages. Injured parties have the right to do that. It's just not something I've done and not something I don't, so, not something I want to do in a small town. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. And Tyson, what kind of person do you think would enjoy becoming a lawyer, you know, an injury lawyer? Well, again, there's all, there's different types of lawyers, different types of injury lawyers. Some, uh, I mean, you could, you could be a lawyer in a, in a legal office like ours where you're a research attorney and you don't maybe interact with people and you're, I mean, bookworm might not be the, the right term, but someone that's just really into being in isolation and doing legal research. And you could have a great career doing that. If you want to be a trial lawyer, you definitely need to be a people person and a, as I know, a good talker and be relatable and, and likable. You know, you have to be able to communicate clearly and, 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 and relate. It kind of parlays into something else you mentioned. Law school doesn't teach you how to be a lawyer. Law school teaches you the foundation and, and the laws and just kind of, you know, common law and general law. Once you finish law school, it's, it's really hard to figure out what to do. I mean, most of the time you got to go work for somebody, go work for a firm, cut your teeth somewhere and, you know, get some experience. And if you've done that for a while, then people can kind of go out on their own and hold up a shingle and start their own practice. Okay. And why is your, why is your job important to you and or to society? Well, my job is very important to me because I feel like I help the underdog. I am, it's the, the David versus Goliath every day of my life. And uh, the David has every right to have a fair shot. And I feel like without a personal injury lawyer that knows what they're doing, the Goliath wins every time. And insurance companies steamroll people all the time and take advantage of them. And so I really, really enjoy leveling the playing field and helping injured people that 
don't know what to do, don't know where to go, don't understand the system, how it works. I mean, don't get me wrong. No one I work for is, is glad they got in an accident at the end. No one is saying, oh, look at all this free money. I'm so happy I'm really messed up. Well, everybody I work for would give all the money I get for them back to not go through what they went through. But if had they done it on their own, you know, they would, you know, not to toot my own horn, but they wouldn't be in the same position they would had they had a competent attorney. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what kind of, like, what are the typical hours you work in a week? And I know that that might differ, but I guess on average? Uh, a fair, very fair question. I'm, um, you know, being a, a partner here and, you know, 50% owner of the business, I'm self-employed and I'm my own boss. When uh, I'm here, stuff's getting done. Uh, when I'm not here, stuff's not getting done. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I feel like I can get an awful lot done in a shorter amount of time than, than certain other jobs, but... I'm generally here about, you know, 8.30, 8.45 to about 4, 4.30. I have two young children and, you know, I'm, it's important for me to be at home and involved in their extracurricular activities and sports as my family was. When it comes time to preparing for trial, I work 12 to 16 hour days for six to eight weeks leading up to trial. So, you know, weekends included, there's no uh, time off in that. So it, it, it ebbs and flows there's no real rhyme or reason. It kind of just depends on what's on my plate at the time. Okay. And that's nice at times, at least that you have some flexibility so you can be there for, like you mentioned, your family and stuff. Absolutely. I mean, I get yeah. put trips on the calendar in advance. I can block off stuff when courts are picking trials and I have a prepaid vacation with my family that we've been planning. I can tell the court that this, I'm unavailable that time and we'll pick another week for trial, you know, so I can, it's nice to have some control in that regard. Yeah, Absolutely. And Tyson, what do you think is a common misconception that people may have about lawyers or injury lawyers? Well, the common misconception I think about lawyers in general, at least the one I had, it was like the old man or the gray hair club or old woman club, right? I mean, it just mm-hmm. seemed like when I was growing up, lawyers were all in their 60s, 70s or 80s. When I passed the bar, I, I mean, other than the people that I went to law school with, I just didn't, there was, didn't seem like there was any young young lawyers around. There surely are. There are plenty. There are great young lawyers all over the state and the nation. Some misconceptions about lawyers. I mean, I, I, we can stereotype any any profession. For sure. Um, you know, some maybe think lawyers are just money hungry or, or greedy. And I, I think that could be said about any career, any profession. There's all walks of life. You know, we're low-key Santa Cruz surfers for the most part until it comes time to represent our client. Then I, you know, got to do what I got to do to be professional and uh, do a good job. The thing about personal injury lawyers and why I like my career and this area of laws, I'm a contingency fee lawyer, meaning every time people don't like lawyers because you call a lawyer or you talk to a lawyer and they send you a bill, you write them an email, they send you a bill. They bill on like three minute or six minute increments. And, you know, family law lawyers, divorce lawyers, everyone else is just hourly billing. They want a retainer. They, they take, you know, $10,000 of your money. They put it in some secure account. And every time they work on it, they suck some of your money out for the time they put on your, in on your case. My firm is completely opposite. I don't put a value on my time. I'm a results oriented lawyer. I get a percentage of what I recover. And if I don't recover anything, I eat it. All my time, all my costs, it's just a part of the way my business runs. I don't track my hours for clients. I don't track my staff's hours. I don't track paper clips, phone calls, emails, nothing. So when you get represented by our firm, we, we're on the same team. And I invest all of my own money, my own time into every case in my office. And, you know, when I lose, it stings. And, you know, when we win, it's good. But mm-hmm. losing hopefully doesn't happen very often. Yeah. And that's probably comforting, too, to maybe a client, right? 
they really have nothing to lose, mm -hmm. right? I mean, I, I'm only, yeah, they, I only get paid if, if we win. Mm -hmm. And so I've got to be selective in what I take and what I invest my time and energy and, and money into. And, and, you know, some clients don't like that. Some people want me to take their case when I don't think the chances of success are very well. And uh, I can just respectfully decline. And some people don't like hearing that, but I got to keep my life as stress-free as possible. There's stress in every career for sure, yeah, but yeah. I don't need unnecessary or unneeded or unwarranted stress. For sure. And, you know, I think you, you're making your decision on what case to take based upon knowledge that your client may not have, right? Well, I, yes, I truly believe so. That's why they're coming to a lawyer. They're looking yeah. for professional <laughs> advice. Um, although I represented plenty of people that think they know the law better than I do. And mm -hmm. No offense to those people either, right? It's, for sure. It's and something you're just talking about. Do you want to share, you know, some of the most more stressing parts about your job? Trial is the, is the most stressful yeah. for, for, for me. I mean, it, just because of the amount of time and the, the work that goes into it, the preparation and, you know, at some point, it's analogous to high stakes gambling, right? We, mm -hmm. They've made some offer of some amount of money, and we don't think that amount is fair. And I need to put a whole lot of my money into it, and then we go to trial. And what we can get into evidence and how my client is perceived and how the, my experts testify and what type of jury we get is going to come back with some number. And there's a lot of stress in those unknowns, you know? I've had a trial where I did a, what I thought was an amazing job and the jury said they liked me and they awarded an amount of money that seemed low to me, but to them it was not low and that's the nature of the system, right? We live in by what our juries come up with. The jury has all the power. The president of the United States can't walk into a jury deliberation room and tell the jury what to do. So there, there's a lot of stress around that one area, but all you can do is be very thorough, very prepared, very calculated. You know, the best offense is a good defense. You anticipate every legal argument, claim, counterclaim, or defense that the other side's going to throw at you, and you try and deflect it or address it before they do, and that's the best you can do for yourself and your client. Nice. Well said, Tyson. And what about the most rewarding part about your job? Helping people, you know, and, and seeing the people, the hundreds and hundreds of people we've represented at the end of it, that again, wish they didn't have those injuries, but just look you in the eye and give you a big hug and just say, thank, thank you so much for what you did for me and being there for me throughout this process. They go, I, I was bouncing off trees in the dark, trying to know what to do in presenting my claim and representing myself. And I didn't know what was relevant, what isn't. I didn't know what to tell them, what to not, what to sign what what to not do so it's really rewarding to get the reassurance and the and the appreciation back from people that we've represented and i mean i've been doing it a long time or 11 years not as long as many but uh, i see people all over town former clients you know that they all remember me and i remember them and it's great to see them around town they go oh man I, i'm so glad you helped me out you know seven eight years ago I, i'll never forget you guys and oh, that's, that's yeah that's got to be great Tyson, what advice or resources can you give to students who are interested in pursuing a career in, in law? Uh, let's see. Um, well, if someone has any specific questions for me about anything here or, or my experiences, I, I, you're welcome to share my phone number with them and they can call and ask me and they can pick my brain about maybe other questions they um, may have. I, I found the, the legal field to be a very rewarding and exciting and interesting career path. 
you know, I surely wouldn't put all the stock in law and order or judge Judy or what you see on TV about what the legal world is like. I think it is pretty different than that. Once you are licensed to practice law in a state, there's local bar associations where there's, you can get to those resources, other lawyers. I'm not sure I think even like law students or non-law students or, or, or would be allowed to come sit in on a, you know, a continuing education talk or something. It may not be the most interesting, but if you're interested in the court, the courts are open to the public. You're welcome to walk down and sit in, in the, the gallery of almost any courtroom here in Santa Cruz. And you can be a fly on the wall. You can see what court works like and you can see if it's something that appeals to you. Okay. And Tyson, would you mind providing contact information for anyone who might want to reach out? Sure. My phone number is 831-426-3140. I am more of a phone person uh, than lots and lots and lots of emails. I just can't be as productive constantly emailing. My email is my first name at my website. My website is wilesinjurylaw.com. That's W-I-L-E-S-I-N-J-U-R-Y-L-A-W. Dot com And my email is Tyson, T-Y-S-O-N at WilesInjuryLaw.com. That's great. Well, Tyson, I just want to thank you again so much for taking the time to help us out by doing this interview and sharing your career journey with us. Really appreciate it. Uh, you're very welcome, man. We need more young lawyers in this profession. Uh, I, I hope it uh, maybe answers some questions for some folks and, you know, and maybe it solidified uh, the legal career as a hard no for others. <laughs> well, thanks again, Tyson. And, and thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to today's career story with me, Patrick Hart, on our show, What to Be, with today's guest, Tyson Wiles, who's an injury lawyer in Santa Cruz. If you have any questions or would like to share your career story with us, please send us an email at whattoberadio at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed our show, please join us again at 90.7 FM KSQD Santa Cruz at 7 p.m. on Sundays and streaming online at KSQD. Org, or you can look us up on major podcast streaming platforms like Spotify. And please visit our website at yfiob.org for more information about your futures or business. Thank you very much and see you next time.